0: Hey, who's glad to be at church today? Y'all glad to be here? Can we just give it up for God today, what he's done this year through City Hope Church? Come on, let's give God thanks today. That's pretty awesome. Pretty incredible to be at church, not even two years old, y'all. We, we're coming up on our two-year birthday here in just uh, several weeks, and look what God has done. Kind of reminds me of that old song that we used to sing back in my church. Look what the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. Look what the Lord has done. Y'all don't even know, right? Y'all don't even know. That, that was what we did in Pentecostal churches, babe. I don't know if y'all did it in, your, in Baptist or Presbyterian churches, you know, or baptist churches might have done it, right? But uh, he healed my body, he touched my mind, he saved me, it was just in time, well, I'm gonna praise his name. We don't even do that kind of beat in church anymore. Boom-cha, boom 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 I'm distracted. I'm sorry, y'all. Hey, let's give it up for everybody who's watching online right now. Hey, thank you so much for being with us online. Uh, I'm glad you're here today, glad you're part of what God is doing at City Hope, and, and uh, I want to celebrate something that happened just over the last few weeks during At The Movies. You know, every week we, we give people an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and so through At The Movies... Uh, a lot of people raise their hands. We have people every week, dozens of people raising their hands every week, but not everybody fills out a connection card. And that connection card's really important for us because it helps us help you. It helps us to, to give you some next steps, but here's what I want to tell you. that out of, out of those dozens of people who raised their hand, we know of 13 people who gave us a connection card and said, my life was changed. I committed or recommitted my life to Jesus. So let's give God thanks for that. 13 people who've made a decision... To follow Jesus—that's important. That's incredible. And so, uh, what I like to do, just ever so often, is take the first part of a message and kind of tell you where we're going over the next few weeks. I, I like to—I like to just kind of show you where we're going, point the way, clear the path. This is where we're headed, okay? And and I like to do that because the Bible says that without vision, people perish. If you know that scripture, it's. It's in Proverbs. Without vision, people perish. One version says they cast off restraint. The message paraphrase says that when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And honestly, I just don't want you to stumble, all right? I I want you to know where we're going over the next few weeks. So let me start with this, and that is December the 20th. Just next Sunday is going to be a regular, life-changing weekend here at City Hope. we got normal service times. It's going to be a great weekend. But December the 24th, Christmas Eve, we're doing our Christmas Eve services. And those are going to be at 2, 3.30, and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Now, here's the deal. We actually do what we call priority seating for Christmas Eve. We actually did it last year and it, it kind of prepared us for the pandemic when we came back in the summer because we used the same system for seating. But priority seating does not reserve your seat, but it, it's, what it's going to do is it's going to give you priority seating as long as you come to the service early, all right? If you come at service time, you can kiss your seat goodbye because it won't be there. It's, res, it's priority seating if you come early. So at, at 10 minutes till, what we do is we open the doors for those who didn't have priority seating and there's seating in the balcony and all that. We don't. We always keep blocks of seats open, okay? Because we know that people are going to show up that day and they don't have priority seating. But it just makes sure that you have a seat for that service if you come early. Now the reason why we do that is a couple reasons. One of it, uh, one of the reasons is so that we can make sure we're spread out. But the second reason this year is is. Um, because we don't want all of y'all to come to one service, right? So we, we've got three services to choose from. Y'all can come to one of those three services. They're going to be all identical, all the same, and God's going to show up in every one of those. Amen? And so uh, on your way out today, we're going to hand out... We're going to give you some at the... Not the at the movies. This at the movies last week, y'all. That was... I'm, I'm, all, I'm thinking about it. at the movies. Christmas! Some Christmas invite cards. And so on your way out, grab some of these because I... Christmas is one of those times where it's just easy for people to come to church. It's just one of the easy times of the year. So invite your friends, your neighbors, your your co-workers, and let's fill this place up with some people so they can come to know Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Amen? So that's coming up on Christmas Eve. And then the last Sunday of the year, December the 27th, we do what we call Sabbath Sunday. And we're not going to have a physical service. We're not going to have an online service. We will take that weekend completely off. There won't be anybody here if you show up, all right? Part of the reason we do that is because we celebrate on Christmas Eve, and all of our teams are working hard, and they're making a difference, and we take that last weekend of the year off to just, uh, to just spend time with family. And I know that some of you are thinking, man, by that point, I will have had all the family time I need. I'd I'd rather be in church, right? But we do it so that we can have some time for for family. Some of us go on vacations and here and there, so it's a good time to just spend with family. And then right on the heels of that, we're gonna come into the new year with a focus on prayer and fasting. We do this every January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts January the 3rd. Yeah, come on, somebody. If If you hadn't been to 21 days of prayer... And fasting, it is, it, it'll change your life. It really will change your life. So what happens is every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, we meet here in the auditorium, and for one hour, we have a very intentional prayer time. And, and it's, it's, really, it's really good. It'll change you, it'll motivate you, and it'll empower you and prepare you for the rest of the year. We like to say that we're giving God the first part of the year when we do this prayer and fasting. And if you've never fasted before, Uh, We know that that can be a a little different for some people. So we we try to think ahead for you. And on our website at cityhopefamily.com slash pray, there's some resources, some teachings from me on prayer. There's uh, our Pray First guide is on there. Our prayer guide is on there. There's some resources for fasting. If you've never fasted before, you don't want to go water only, cold turkey, right? You need to work your way into it, okay? And so there's some great resources there that will help you along the way. And and then um, at the same time that we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're also kicking off a new series called It's Time. Now at the end, uh, in October, we did a series called, what time is it? Uh, daughter, Siri, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> My iPad thought us it's, I said, I'm not gonna say that word again. Whatever she thought I heard, I didn't, It's starting talking to me. We're doing a new series called It's Time. That was weird. I was like, what is talking? So in, in, in October, we did a series called uh, What Time Is It? All right? And now I'm going to answer that question. What time is it? It's time. What time is it? It's time. It's game time. Back when, uh, when, when our boys were little, they, well, when Garrett was younger, he played travel ball leagues where they, ever, before every game. What time is it? Game time. What time is it? Game time, right? And I'm saying to us as a church, what time is it? It's time. It's, it's, it's time to go through the growth track. It's time to get in a small group. It's time to get in 21 days of prayer. It, it's time to take your life up a notch. It's time to make a difference. It's time to serve in Jesus' name. And so I'm really excited about that new teaching series that we're going to be doing start of the year all right and then and then January the 24th is our 2 year birthday celebration we're going to be turning 2 y'all 2 years old that is so awesome well today is is legacy sunday and it, it's it's a, an incredible day i love this day because it takes our eyes off of us what we need what we what we focus on and it puts us on puts our eyes on somebody else and so today we're going to take We're going to give in an offering at the end of the service today. We call it our legacy offering. And and I've made my appeal to you five or six weeks ago. I told you what we're giving towards and and, uh, you've had some time to pray about it. All we've asked you to do is pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do and then just be obedient to that. Just be obedient to the Lord. And if you're a guest with us today, I, I want to just make sure you know that there's no pressure whatsoever for you to given the offering or to be part of the offering today, that's between you and the Lord. We want, we want that to just be between you and God, but I know this, I know that there's some of you in the room today that, that your, your life has been affected this year. Uh, you lost a job, you lost your income, things have happened and maybe you're here today and you, you're not able to give and I just want you to know there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no pressure on you whatsoever because if you could, you would, in the past you have and in the future you will. Because you're a generous church, I know that. And I know that there's some of you in the room today, you've been blessed this year. Your, your, your business, your income has accelerated and, and you're able to do more. And so we're grateful for that, but we don't want anybody to feel condemned today. And, and I want to just remind you that this offering is not because we need it. We really don't need it. We made a commitment that we never wanted to be the church that had to get up in front of you and need an offering. We're just not going to be that kind of church. So we don't need it for us it's a miracle offering. I call it a miracle offering because it's gonna, make a, it's gonna be a miracle for somebody outside of these walls. It's gonna make a difference for somebody who's never heard the name of Jesus, for somebody who feels hopeless, for somebody who feels like they're, they're forgotten. Come on, y'all. It's gonna be a miracle for somebody. So what is a legacy? Legacy is what other people remember about you when you're gone. He gone, he gone. It's what they remember about you when you're gone. When, 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 when the casket closes on you, what are they talking about? And, and in Psalm chapter 112, it, it's really a legacy kind of chapter. It talks a lot about generosity, giving, uh, justice. And if you've got your message notes, I want you to go ahead and pull those out and take some notes with me today. Because, and follow along on the, on the screen as well. Uh, but Psalm 112 says that those who are righteous will be remembered forever. Those who are righteous are going to be remembered forever. So what does it mean to be righteous? How do you become remembered forever? Well, the whole chapter is about leaving a legacy. It's generosity. It's, it's justice. It's lending fairly. And you go to the verse before it in verse 5. It says, good comes to those who are generous and lend freely. Those who lend freely, they don't need it back. They just say, hey, be blessed. Take it. God's blessed me. Here, it's yours. To those who conduct their affairs with justice. And this is the kind of life we want to live as legacy people, amen, to live this kind of life. So several weeks ago, back in October, I was in Montana on a fishing trip, fly fishing. I had never been fly fishing before, and it was a blizzard while we were on the Bighorn River fishing. My toes were frozen, my fingers were frozen, but it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And I was there with a bunch of other pastors, and we were just hanging out and kind of resting and and, and, and kicking back a little bit. And, and every night we would get together for, for dinner at what we called the long table. And we called it the long table because it was a long table. Real, long table. Uh, it's real creative. So, so we call it a long table. And every night we'd sit around this long table. And one night the question was asked, what do you want people to remember about you when you're gone? at your funeral what do you want people to remember about you at your funeral and i know that that might be a gloomy or gruesome thought for some of you to think about dying and death but if i think it's a really good exercise to be honest with you because if you begin with the end in mind if you can think towards what you want people to say about you at your funeral then it will tell you how you need to live your life can I say that again? If you, can, if you can think forward to what you want people to say about you when you're in the casket, when you're in the box, and they're gathered around you, then you know how to live your life to get to that point. You know what to do. And, and so I want us to think about that today. I want us, I w- I want us to kind of go there today. What do we want people to say about us when we're gone? Because one day, there's going to there's gonna be a casket. And you, your body's going to be in it, and there's going to be people around you, hopefully a long time from now, and there's going to be a pastor giving a eulogy on you, and you won't be there. You'll be standing in the presence of God, right? And and here's the deal. We go to heaven not because of our good works. We go to heaven because of grace and grace only, because of the saving blood of Jesus Christ. That's how we get to heaven. Can I get a witness? We, we don't earn our way there. It's only the blood of Jesus that gets us into heaven and so uh, we got to remember this though there's also going to be a time when you stand before God and give an account for everything you've done. There's going to be a moment when we stand before him and we answer for what we did. And he, maybe he asks, well, why didn't you go on that missions trip? Why didn't you participate in First Saturday Serve? Why didn't you give in the legacy offering? Why, why did you focus so much on yourself and never really put a focus on other people? Why, why, why? I wonder if that's going to be part of the conversation that day. And so this has got me thinking about... Not only is legacy what other people say about us when we're gone, but legacy is also what God says about us when we're gone. What is God going to say on judgment day? What is God going to say when we stand before him and answer for our works here on earth? How is what's, what's he going to remember us when we're gone? We're going to stand before him one day, and when we stand before him, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. You went above and beyond. You made a difference. You changed lives in Wichita Falls and Texas and around the world. So Hebrews 6, the writer says, God is not unjust. He will not forget. Everybody say that. He will not forget. He won't forget your work and the love you have shown him. As you've helped his people. Now hold up a second. Did you catch that? When you help his people, it actually shows love to him. You're not just showing love to somebody else. You're not just making a difference with somebody else. You're showing God love when you help his people. And that's what we do through the legacy offering. We help his people. We're going to continue to help them. So what I want to do is I want to take a few minutes this morning and remind you of what the legacy offering is. Is about the five lanes that we have, and then I want, I want to, I, I want to kind of tell you what I want God to say about us in each one of those lanes. What we want God to say about us when we're in the when we're in the coffin. Which, by the way, what did what did the one casket say to the other casket? Is that you, coffin? <laughs> Dad joke. Sorry, I was not prepared. I was not preparing to do that one. It's kind of. Snuck up on me there, right? Y'all have to forgive me because it's been um, about five weeks since I've preached on a Sunday morning, so I'm I'm ready. And I might chase a few rabbits today, but it'll be fun, okay? So the five lanes and then what we want God to say about us. Number one, the first lane is City Hope Church. This is the first lane that the legacy offering is going to go towards today. It's a one-time special offering that's going to help make a difference here. Now, back in the summer... We many of us participated in an offering called the Heart for the House offering. We gave above and beyond our, our tithes, and, and and it was to get us in this building, which by the way is we're we're debt-free. We don't we don't owe for anything. We just have a, a lease payment that we pay on this building, and that is worthy of giving God some praise. There's not a debt on this building. Thank God for that. Debt-free. And that was because you guys gave sacrificially. You gave wholeheartedly, and we, we appreciate that. But, but there's still some projects that we have here to do. There's a prayer room that's uh, unfinished. There's a nursing mom's room that's unfinished where, where moms can take their kids and, and watch the service if they're feeding them or they have an upset child, and, and they can watch that service there on a closed-caption television. There's door hardware that still has to go on. There's offices, and there's, there's portable gear that we're still using that we want to replace with permanent gear so that we can uh, we can put that portable gear back in to its original purpose and go launch other campuses with it and and make a difference and and so we want to replace those things and we've we 've got uh, there, we, we've got um, uh, carpet that needs to be laid down, a lot of things that still have to be done here at, at the Cedar Elm campus, and part of that offering will go to that, but also I believe God's giving us favor to launch campuses and to, and to branch out into the greater Texoma area. See, God's given us a vision to, to transform Wichita Falls through the love and power of Jesus, wholeheartedly, but I believe it goes even beyond that, and I, w- I, don't, want you to, I don't want you to forget this, that... That This church is not the building. I mean, this, this building's not the church. Let me say it this way. The church could burn down and the, this building could burn down and the church still exists. In fact, when we were renovating the building, we thought maybe that's the best thing for this place, just burn down. Just, it was pretty rough. Now, nobody tried that, just to let you know. Nobody acted on that. It was just a thought, right? Just a thought. Um, t- TMI, maybe? Too much? But... But really, this place could burn and we're we're still the church. This building is not the church. we, We could meet in a middle school, which by the way, we met in McNeil Middle School for almost two years. That wasn't the church. You are the church and we exist for people who are not here yet. We exist for the lost and the hurting and the dying and the broken and people who feel lonely and isolated and vulnerable and manipulated and marginalized. We exist for people who haven't walked through these doors yet. You are the church. We are the church and we exist for people who've yet to come through these doors. Amen. We exist for them. So so with that said, what I want God to say about us, when when we're in that casket, when our bodies are in that that box and we stand before God one day, I want God to say, man, you left life-giving churches all across North Texas, all across your region where people found a relationship with God instead of a religion. They found something special. They came to a relationship Instead of religion. The next lane is the City Hope Leadership Academy. The Leadership Academy is what I call a linchpin for our future as a church. And you know what a linchpin is, right? It's, it's that pin that goes, it, it holds the wheel on the axle. It's, it's, if it's not there, you, you're going to be losing a, a wheel, right? I mean, it's important. It is vital. It is integral to everything about that. And so I'm saying the Leadership Academy is that for us. But let me be clear that it is the Leadership Academy is not the only way that we're going to develop leaders. See, we have to have a a culture of leadership in our entire church. We have to be a church that's about developing leaders. It can't just be that, oh, you want to be a leader? Well, go to the Leadership Academy. No, 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 no. We develop leaders. That's what we do as an entire church. If you're a team leader, it's your job to develop leaders. Well, I, I didn't know that, Brother Ben. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you now, in case you didn't know, it's, it's our responsibility as leaders to develop leaders. So the Leadership Academy, it's, it's one part of how we're going to do that, but I believe it's important. I believe I, it, it's one of the things I'm most passionate about, and I'm committed to it, because I believe this, that our ability to reach Texoma will, will, will depend on our ability to, to develop leaders. I say that again. Our, de- our ability to reach this area will depend on our ability to develop leaders. We got to have people raised up and ready to make a difference in this land, amen. So, we've had about 45 people who've attended the startup parties for the Leadership Academy. Many of them are jumping on board and they're ready to be part. And tomorrow night is, is our last scheduled Leadership Academy startup party. So, it's tomorrow night here at six o'clock. We're going to feed you. And we're gonna take care of you and then we'll tell you the vision of the Leadership Academy. What's it about? What, what's our vision? What are we trying to do? And so if, if that is interesting to you, if you're, if you're piqued by that, I'd love to see you there, okay? So this offering is gonna help give scholarships towards that. It's gonna help resource the Leadership Academy by equipment that we don't currently have to be able to do what we need to do, right? It's, it's gonna help with those kinds of things. But listen, when we're gone, when, when we when we're in the box, when we pass away a long time from now, when, when people are around our, our casket, and the preacher's giving the eulogy, and we're standing before God, I want God to say about us, I want him to say they developed thousands of Christian leaders through City Hope Church. They developed thousands of Christian leaders and placed them around the world to fulfill the great commission. They didn't just hope that somebody would do it. They raised people up to do it. They made a difference. They raised them up. The third area is local missions. Local missions. Now, I don't know if you know, but you could go on a missions trip right here in Wichita Falls, and you could see third world kind of living right here in Wichita Falls. Did you know that? Did you know that there are, there are kids who go home hungry from school every day? Like, they don't, they don't get dinner. Breakfast and lunch at school is all they got. That's the reason why our school district has a food truck so that they can drive to different parts of the community and feed kids on weekends and feed them in summertime because they're not going to get a meal otherwise. It's why those kids hoard things. When they get candy at school around Christmas time, they're not getting candy because they like it. They're getting candy because they need it. It's their meal. Did you know that there are, there are families losing their parents and losing their loved ones to drug addiction and overdose right here in Wichita Falls? There are kids in the foster care system who need a permanent mom and dad who will love them and raise them and adopt them and call them their own. There is racism and oppression and bigotry in this city that needs to come to an end in the name of Jesus. It's a mission field, so what are we gonna do? We're, we're gonna serve. We're gonna give. We're, we're, we're gonna help people Recover from addictions. We're, we're going to invest in some inner city activities for young people. We're going to do what we can to make a difference. And when it's all said and done and we're, our bodies in that casket and people are eating that casserole after, after they've put us in the ground. Do you ever think about that? You know, you, you bury somebody and then 30 minutes later you're eating a casserole. When they're eating that casserole, they're going to be talking about you. And I want God... I want those people to say, man, they sure did love people. They served people of Wichita Falls. They served the people of Texoma. They served people, and the poverty rate decreased. Can you believe that? And crime rates dropped, and repeat offenders declined, and, and that new jail that they built out there on the freeway, they didn't even have enough people to put in anymore, because God was moving in Wichita Falls, and lives were being changed, and the oppressed found hope, all in the name of Jesus, and those who found hope, those who were loved, those who were touched by their love opened their hearts to God and gave their lives to Jesus that's what I want God and these people to say about us local missions and then and then the 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 next one is national missions national missions see we believe that the local church is the hope of the world now did you know that right now um, in some states it's it's not okay to go to church. Church is closed. They've shut the doors like the, the governments of some states have said, you can't go to church. In California specifically, uh, meeting as a church is, is forbidden right now, but strip clubs remain open. True story. Strip clubs can be open and you might get a whole lot m- you might get some other things there a lot worse than COVID. I'm just saying but listen to me. So so national missions, Uh, this is kind of a side note, but I'm just saying there's some churches in California now who are rebranding themselves as family-friendly strip clubs so that they can have church. And they say, hey, we're stripping the devil of his power. We're stripping the devil of his authority. We're stripping the devil of everything that he thought he had. He ain't got it no more. Come on. You got to get creative sometimes. Man, let's, Let's, let's resource some people like that. Let's resource some people who want to reach, who, who don't want to just you know, be, a, be a turtle and go into their shell or an ostrich and put their hand in the, head in the sand, but they, they, they want to they reach people. They want to make a difference. And so pastors need to be resources, resourced. Churches need to be planted across America. Churches need to be empowered. The local church is the hope of the world. I'm believing revival for our nation in 2021. 20, Come on. I'm believing it. So, so at, at our funeral, when they're standing around talking, when they, when, at the viewing, when they're talking about our lives, and we're standing before God, I want God to say, boy, you invested in churches. You supported existing churches, and those churches that you, you invested in, those life-giving local churches, reached the world. You invested in them, and it didn't stop with them. They kept doing. They kept making a difference. They kept... Seeking the lost. That's what I want. What I want him to say about it. Number five, the fifth lane is international missions. And international missions is everything outside of the United States. The gospel must be preached to the nations. Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, here's the way I look at it. If not us, then who? If we don't go, who's going to go? Now, here's the reality. I know other churches will go. I know other missionaries will go. But I think that's kind of the problem with the local church in America is they assume other churches will go. Other people will go. The way I approach our city, just so you know, is that I, I don't assume that such and such church will reach such and such people. Oh, that church probably get those people. I won't worry about them. No, 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 no. My eyes are on every one of them. And yeah, they might not come to our church. That's okay, because it's not about church. It's about the kingdom of God. But I don't want to assume that, oh, well, since that church is in that area, they'll probably reach them. No, we're going to do everything in our power to reach everybody we can, and, 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 and that's all we can do. But let's do it. Let's not just assume that other churches or other ministries will do it. Let's not assume that. Let's, let's go. Let's make a difference, because if we don't, who will? If we don't support, if we don't make a difference in Uganda and Israel and, and, and Pakistan and in uh, Uganda, who's going to do it? So what are we going to do? We're going to translate the Bible in a language that doesn't have a Bible. We're going to translate the Bible for a group of people who don't know about Jesus Christ, and they will come to know Jesus because of your giving. You'll never know it. You'll never meet those people until you stand before God one day. And it's going to be a good day when, when he says, because what, God, what I want God to say about it is you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, man, you focused on global strategic missions and you were part of the generation that saw more people come to know Jesus Christ than any other generation before them. You were part of that. And did you know that that's a real stat? There's more people coming to know Jesus now than any other time on the face of the earth. More people come to know Jesus. It's powerful. We're going to translate the Bible for people who don't have the Bible. Well, is it going to be the King James? No. <laughs> I I told a story earlier, um, when I was in high school. There was uh, I used to carry my Bible to school every day. I had this, I still have it. It's a New Living Translation study Bible. It's about that thick, and um, there was a kid at my school named Lee McDowell, and and he went to a, an independent Baptist church, and they believed in the King James only. 1611, it had to be 1611, King James only. And I remember I took that Bible to school one day, and, and he said, well, what do we have here? <laughs> it ain't the King James. I said, no, it's not the King James. Well, you go to hell for reading that. And I just remember thinking, whoa, man, go to hell for reading a different translation than the King James Bible? So I asked him, I said, well, what, what are the Portuguese going to do? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, they don't have the King James Bible. They, they read it in Portuguese. They don't have King James. Yeah, well, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. I hadn't really thought about that. Well, I guess they're going to go to hell too, I said, because they don't have King James Version. They're just all doomed. The rest of the world, you're going to hell. There's no hope for you because you don't have it, right? What happens actually is we support local people in those areas and they are flying under the radar, but they're natives to those areas, and they translate the Bible in their own language, and it goes through an approval process, but it's people on the ground in those places translating the Bible so that their people group can have the hope of Jesus Christ, amen? Come on, that's awesome, I love it. Why do we do all of this? Because when all of us do a little, together we can do a lot. Why are we doing the offering? Because when we do a little, we can do a lot. I can't change the world by myself, but when we partner together, we can make a difference. We can see lives changed. And what we do for ourselves usually dies with us. But what we do for others lives beyond us. It keeps going. It keeps going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It just never stops. It just keeps going on and on and on. All right, well, 2020 has been one of those years that has it's, kind of, it, it's taken a toll on us, and it's been a little crazy. Um, it's been a year that shows who we think about the most. And who do we think about the most? Us. We're, we're a selfish people, just naturally. It, we don't have to do much to be selfish, right? So we think about us a lot, and that is proved by walking down the toilet paper aisle at any grocery store, because... It ain't there. The toilet paper's gone. Why? Because we think thinking about ourselves. I ain't figuring to run out of toilet paper, (laughs) right? But listen, a year like this can can also give us a greater opportunity to make a difference in the people around us, to take our eyes off of us and to put them on somebody else. So let me say it this way. 2020 can define you or it can refine you. You can be defined by 2020, the worst year of my life. It was terrible, lost my job, lost my dog, got kicked out of my hunt, whatever, lost all that stuff, or or you can, you can let 2020 refine you and teach you some things about yourself that you didn't know. And you can learn coming into 2021. You can be a giver. You can forgive somebody. You can uh, serve. You can go to the growth track. You, you can do some things. You can be refined going into this next year and learn some things about yourself. So that's what I want for us is to be refined. I want us to be refined and to choose to live a legacy kind of life. So... The psalmist said it this way in Psalm chapter 65, verse 11. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways like 2020 overflow with abundance. It's been a hard pathway this year. But even the hard pathways can overflow with abundance. So if God crowns the year, if he's going to crown 2020 with bountiful harvest, what's the bountiful harvest for? Is it for us? Or is it somebody else is it to hold with open hands and that's what i'm asking of us today that we would hold the bountiful harvest with open hands and be a blessing to somebody to live a legacy kind of life so i want to give you three things to close out the message today three ways in your notes you can follow along three ways to live a legacy life three things legacy people do number one legacy people see this life through the lens of eternity we see through eternity it's not just about the here and now. It's not just about what I can touch and feel and see. It's about here and now. Legacy people know time is ticking. Time is ticking. The keeps on ticking. Time is ticking away. I don't remember who sang that, but it was. It's That's right. That's right. DC talk. Down with the DC talk. Down with the DC. Y'all don't know. <laughs> Legacy people see through the lens of eternity. Skinny B in the house, right? That's that's my stage name. (laughs) All right, legacy people know that time is ticking. Legacy people understand that this life isn't just about what we can accumulate. It's not just about our bank accounts. This life is more than the mundane, ordinary rat race of everyday existence. This life is so much more than that. It's about eternity. Now, this year, I turned 38 years old in August. I turned 38, and I'm I'm almost halfway there. You know, we're promised 70 to 80 years. And I'm I'm about halfway there. And and I'm praying that I can live to be really, really old. I'd love to be really, really old. I want to see my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids grow up. I want to be a funny old man that just sits at... I hop or waffle house all day just you know drinking coffee and just fun times i want to i want to live a while and so i'm asking the lord could you would you give me 40 to 50 more years 40 to 50 more years to do what you've called me to do and so when i ask for that i think man i got some time 40 to 50 years i got some time but in the same breath i go dude i don't, I don't have much time I've only got 40 to 50 years. I can't be sitting around just twiddling my thumbs. Like, I, I got things to do. God has a plan. He's got a purpose for my life. I've got a destiny to live out. I don't have much time. Have you ever felt that before? The time's running out and I don't have a lot of Time and it gets me thinking about what Jesus said in John chapter 4. He says, I tell you, open your eyes because the harvest, Texoma, Wichita Falls, and Bowie, and, and Decatur, and Dallas, and, and Lawton, and Chickasha, and Oklahoma City, and, and uh, Henrietta, and Holiday, and Iowa Park, and Burke Burnett, it's ripe for the harvest. There's people that need to know Jesus in those cities. There's people that need to know Jesus right here in our community, right here in this block. There's people that need to know Jesus. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians. He said, So we don't look at the things like the election and the pandemic and all these troubles that we can see with our eyes and all these things that we think are the, 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 the murder hornets or whatever they were. We, we, we don't worry about that stuff. We don't fix our gaze on those things. We're looking at things that we cannot see because the things that we see now, they're gonna be gone. It's gonna burn up, it's gonna be gone, but the things we can't see will last forever and ever and ever. What lasts forever? You and me. We're the only thing that's gonna show up in eternity. We're the only thing that's gonna show up in heaven. You and I will last forever. So let me tell you about the church that I see. And I hope this fires you up, it fires me up. The church I see is so attractive, it's so refreshing that buildings struggle to contain the increase. The church that I see is a church where people find a relationship with God rather than religion. Where living for God is no longer a dreaded duty, but it is a heartfelt desire. It's a church where you get to go, you don't have to go. Come on, somebody. I see a church where people never stop growing. They're continually taking their next steps. They're walking with God day by day, knowing that there's more for them to do. The church that I see never stops growing. And they're continually walking in faith towards God. The church that I see is full of people discovering that God wants to use them to make a difference, that they have a purpose for their life. It's the kind of church where they lay their heads down on their pillow every night and they go, I did something worthwhile today. I made a difference with my life in the name of Jesus today. I see a church where God uses ordinary people like you and me to serve people of our city so that they open their hearts to God and come to a life-giving relationship with him. I see a church so passionate that people are drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where they find love and forgiveness and acceptance in the name of Jesus. I see a church committed to raising up a generation of young people who will serve, who will lead, who will be pastors and church planters and missionaries who will go to the world in the name of Jesus. I see a church that never stops searching for lost people because Jesus never stopped searching for us. I see a church so kingdom-minded, people so kingdom-minded, they will count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival sweep America again. Why can't it start in Wichita Falls? Why can't it start here? I I see a church that realizes that none of this can happen in their own ability. But it's a church that's committed to prayer and dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a church where Jesus is made famous and all the glory goes to God. That's the kind of church I see. That's what I want for us. That's what I want for you and me. That's the kind of church... God's called us to have. Why? Because the goal is not to live forever, but it's to leave something that does. When I'm long gone, maybe when one of my sons is pastor here one day, and I'm, I'm gone, this message is still being preached. People are still being developed. The world is still being ministered to because the vision never dies. Let's keep the vision alive. So legacy people... See through the lens of eternity. Number two, legacy people sacrifice by doing less for themselves. So they, why? So they can do more for others. Do less for us, more for others. If God blesses us, it's to be a blessing. He wants us to be a conduit, right? And a conduit, if he can just get it through, it, through, through us, he'll get it to us. He wants us to be a conduit. So no one makes a difference without giving something up. Nobody makes a difference without a sacrifice. And at City Hope, we're always, as we lead this church, we're always looking for ways that we can be good stewards. How can we do this for less? How can we accomplish the same thing at a lower cost? And one of the things that we, we came across this week as we were ending the year is that we, we realized that by the end of the year, we're going to pay about $8,000 in credit card processing fees through our giving system. So many of you, most of our giving as a church comes through electronic means, which, by the way, keep it going. That's great. We like it that way. We like electronic giving. But the thing is, if you're, if, if you're giving credit card or debit card, then you're paying a 2.15% plus $0.30 cents each transaction. On the other hand, if you switched it over to an ACH, you pay 25 cents per transaction. It saves a lot of money. So when when, when we look at... Oh, we could take that $8,000 and invest it in missions or leadership academy or local stuff or outreaches. We could do a lot with that in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? So you, you do whatever you do. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just saying it's in the budget. We can keep paying $8,000, but we're always looking for how can we do the same for less? Do we really need that product over there? Is there a different product we can get for cheaper? Why? Because we're cheap? No, because we want to be good stewards and we want to advance the kingdom kingdom. kingdom of God. That's why we do what we do. That's why our salaries are set at 35%. While most churches in America are 50% and over of the budget, ours is 35%. 35% on on buildings and facilities. 20% goes to missions. At least 10% every year is going out the door to to, to missions. 20% for ministry. We're looking. How can we do it? How can we serve? How can we be be good stewards? Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew. Chapter something, Matthew 6, he says, Don't store up treasures on earth. Don't, don't, don't just build a big old building and, you know, have this great little thing that you got going on here. No, don't do that because moths and rust will destroy that. You'll, you'll have to go build another building at some point. Don't do that. What do you want us to do, God? Store them up in heaven because moths and rust can't destroy in heaven. So what kind of treasures would we be storing up in heaven? Souls? People? Let's get people to heaven. Let's use our resources here to get people to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Why do we do it? Because success is determined by what you're willing to give up. What are you willing to give up? Number three, the third thing about legacy people is that legacy people sense an urgency... And they make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every day. We sense an urgency. So if, if you want to be a legacy person, hear me out. If you want to be a legacy person, don't do it eventually. Do it today. Make up your mind today. You're going to be a legacy person today. Make that phone call that you've been wishing you'd made. Make it today. Leave a honking tip. Do you know what a honking tip is? Y'all know what a honking tip is? A honking tip is, it's one of those tips that's it's honking. Man, it's, it's big. It's, like, it's, it's as much as the check itself. Well, but she wasn't very good, Brother Ben. I just didn't, I didn't think we would tip her at all. You know, our family decided a long time ago that we, we just have a baseline. We have a standard of what we tip. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. 20% is what they're going to get every single time, good or bad. We, we decided that, and, and, you know, when you think about it, it's a pretty good, it's pretty good um, way to live your life because God doesn't let you into heaven because you were good enough. So, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to let my witness be based on whether somebody was good enough. And by the way, I'm realizing that more and more people re- recognize my face when I go around town and, oh, you're the pastor over City Hope. Well, yes, I am. I'm glad I left you a good tip because he probably wouldn't be coming to church here if I did otherwise, right? That old pastor, he's a cheapskate. He he left me a track instead of a tip. Don't, Don't be doing that. Jesus loves you. Here's your tip. Jesus loves you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Leave a honking tip today. Do it today. Do it today. Why why wait? Do it today. Give a kind word to somebody today. Pay for somebody's gas today. Leave a legacy. Live a legacy today. Why? Because a legacy life isn't what you do one day, someday, eventually. It's what you start doing today. It's what you do every day. It's how you live your life. Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter five. He said, Be careful how you live, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of it. Do what you can with every opportunity that God gives you. Make the most of it. Be a blessing. Do something that matters. And as we close today, I, wanna, I just want to ask you this question. What if today was your last day? What if, what if today was your last day? How would you leave a legacy? If, if today was your last day. If today was your last day. Tomorrow was too late. Would you go skydiving? I went rocky mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper and I spoke sweeter and I gave forgiveness as I was dying. Would you do it that way? What would you do? If today was your last day. If if you never got to see somebody again, who would you tell them that you love them? Who would you call? How would you give? Who would you forgive if you knew you would never see them again? How would you bless somebody at the restaurant knowing that it might be the last time you have fried chicken? It might be the last restaurant you ever go to. How would you live your life? And here's what I want to say today. Is that I think the best way we can live our lives is to live as if this is the day that will be remembered forever. What did I do today? And then tomorrow, what did I do today that made a difference? What did I do today? How will I be remembered for the way that I lived my life? Will you bow your heads with me today? And let me uh, just wrap up with with a prayer for you today. Ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me, Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What's he nudging you with today? And Right where you are, I want to just pray for you. Lord, I'm asking you today to stir in up stir in us a passion and a desire to live a legacy kind of life. I I, I think that being generous is one of the best ways that we can get our eyes off of ourselves and to really focus on on others. But Lord, we don't want it to just be a one-time thing. We want it to be a regular lifestyle, a lifestyle of putting you first and focusing on making a difference and being a blessing to people around us and so Lord help us to see through the lens of eternity to know that the harvest is ripe to know that there are thousands of people in our area who just don't know you they don't have a relationship with you they're lost Help us to see through the lens of eternity. Help us to be the kind of people who will sacrifice by doing less for us so that we can do more for somebody else, so that we can store up treasure in heaven, so that we can build a bank account in heaven that never fails, an account full of souls, an account full of people. And Lord, help us to sense the urgency that we have some time, but we don't have much time. Time's running out. It's ticking. Help us to live this day like it's our last one, to live every day as if it's our legacy day. I thank you for that, Jesus. With your head still bowed, if you're here today and, and maybe you're far from God and you don't have a relationship with God, you've drifted. Maybe at some point in your life you were a lot closer to God than you are right now and you've drifted further away from Him. You've been calling the shots in your life. You feel the heaviness of your sin, the weight of your guilt and your choices, the things that have led you far away from God. You feel that guilt right now. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to leave here with that guilt on you today. You can be forgiven and cleansed and set free. And this church isn't about your money. I don't care about that at all. The greatest legacy you could leave here with today is a legacy of making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Ben, that's what I want. I need Jesus. I I need a relationship with Jesus. Today, on the count of three, I want want you to slip up your hand. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We want to embarrass you. but We want to pray with you today. So if that's you, would you just slip up your hand? One, two, three. Let me see you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else would say, that's me, Pastor Ben? I want to know Jesus. Thank you. I see you back there. I'm proud of every one of you. This is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life thank you who else wants to join three other people to say that's me I see you there thank you amen come on all together let's say this prayer together let's pray it out loud say Jesus I give my life to you I'm sorry for doing things my way will you forgive me for running from you now I'm running to you I repent of my sin, my way of living, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life, to cleanse me, wash me, make me new, and from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate those three people who said, that's me. I'm giving it all to Jesus today. I- Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. So proud of you.